All right, guys, my name is Dr. Shornell Wolverton, Sihan. So excited to have a return guest with us today here on The Truth Matters. Um, Neil is with us again. I know you guys are very familiar with his work, Portals to Ascension, and you know all the things that he's done as he travels all over the world and interviews tons of people and has quite a background of music and geometry and sacred geometry and frequency and all the fun things. Today, though, we are going to talk about disclosure. And is disclosure really happening? Is this like about to really go? Like, what are we seeing in the news right now? What's really going on? Like, is this real? Is this fake? Is it blue beam? Like all the things. Let's talk about this today. Um, but before we get started, uh, I just want to remind everybody, please go to swiftfire.org. You can also go to drshornell.com. Uh, all the books, all the resources, all the classes, there's biofeedback, there's all kinds of great things, as well as all of our past shows, including having Neil there before, and all of our future shows that you guys may be interested in. So definitely hit that like button, hit the subscribe, and also if you choose to be a member, we would love for you to join us, and we have our monthly meetings and all the fun things too. So that was a breath full of stuff. I'm so happy to have you, Neil. Um, tell good us what's here. going on. Yeah, tell us how, how you're doing. What's going on in your world? I'm good. I'm good. Just uh, just moved down here to England. So just being grounded here and putting on some events. So we're establishing a portal to detention headquarters in England. So we actually have a, yeah, we have a large conference coming up in Glastonbury um, in August, portal to detention main conference. And I was born in England. So it's like, kind of like fulfilling a karmic cycle coming back to the place I was born wow. you know doing this event here so and as we're doing this a lot of things are happening like the reason why I reached out to you is because there's a I would say that the biggest activity in disclosure has happened in the last two weeks um, ever really even more so than when the U.S. government and the military officials came out in 2017 and said that there was a UFO program and kind of validated many different people um, I would say it's even bigger than that. Not to say that their intention is real disclosure or their intention could be even trying to lead us to the possibility of extraterrestrial life. Just no matter what way we look at it, whether it's a real disclosure of the fact that we're not alone in the universe or there's some sort of agenda trying to direct us some other way, both things are as uh, groundbreaking and paradigm shifting. So I just wanted to like reach out to you and share it with as many people as possible because a lot of people aren't following the story. So I wanted to give kind of like a historical take on what's happening and how we got to this point. Awesome. Well, England mm -hmm. sounds exciting. And um, do you want to sh share a little bit about the conference coming up to you? Yes. Um, I, I don't know. I didn't know you were born there. I, yeah. I, I don't know if you know, but I actually lived over there twice. I went to the University of London, then I lived there as a kid, oh, nice. a bit, but okay. not born there. And I know Laura's born there. So yeah, yeah. Laura's coming to our conference. That's cool. Okay. Yeah. Well, tell so, us a little bit about that before you jump into this history thing. All right. So um, the Portal to Ascension, we know we have our, we do around 100 plus events a year. And then we have our signature event, which is the Portal to Ascension conference that usually is in California. And we just had that in uh, actually in San Diego, just like in April. And then I decided like, oh, I want to do something in England because I'm moving there. So I was like, okay, Glastonbury sounds like a good place because I was told by a few people when I visited Glastonbury six, seven months ago that even though there's a lot of great events there and a lot of consciousness, 
there's no real um, direction of the energy of what it's all for. It's just people are into psychic readings. People are into uh, energy healing or Reiki, and they do events on that. But Portal to Ascension, even though like um, saying that there's an end result to it, it's kind of a loose way to explain it because ultimately there really is no time when it comes to this, and we're not waiting for a future date. But Portal to Ascension really is about um, we're doing all this work in order to create this world that we know that we can live in. So someone there from my Telegram group was like, you know, there's no real direction with a lot of the events that happen here, but Portal to Ascension has an ultimate mission. You should do an event here. So I was like, wow, I never thought of it. So I decided to do like a half-day workshop, and then it turned into a two-day conference. And then, you know, Laura Eisenhower hit me up, a bunch of other people hit me up and said, I heard you're going to Glastonbury. I want to come. Then it turned into a three-day megalithic conference. And now it's a four-day conference with one day that's a tour of ancient Avalon. Because Glastonbury is, um, there's many th things connected to it. Not only was Glastonbury once called ancient Avalon and was actually surrounded by water in the ancient times, the stories of King Arthur and King Arthur's kingdom was supposedly there. And there's a place called King Arthur's Abbey where they actually have the grave uh, of King Arthur and Guinevere. And there are actually skeletal remains in there. And it's just been there for so many hundreds and hundreds of years that some people think it, that the church put it there as kind of like a mythological thing to give reverence to them. But a lot of people believe that is actually their their gravesite. So the King Arthur story took place there. Plus, it's the heart chakra center of the world. So a lot of people go there for nefarious reasons and positive reasons to actually like mess with the the frequencies and the Celtics and Druids. You know, when they were kicked out of Anatolia and the whole of Europe by the Romans, they went to England. And then when the Germanic tribes came to England and then um, and also the Romans came here, they continued to depopulate, if you will, the Druidic um, cultures and communities. The last stronghold of the Druids was Glastonbury, Cornwall and Wales. So even when they were converted into Christianity, they maintained their pagan rituals for hundreds of years behind closed doors in secret in Glastonbury, um, but, but pretending that they were Christians so they wouldn't get killed. Wow. So yeah, the, that's just like not even half of it because there's even a story. So there's a there's a Michael, something called the Michael line that goes from Egypt all the way to um, Glastonbury. And, and every one of those points, the major points going through France is actually the line where Jesus went with his children and Mary Magdalene um, because, you know, he really actually... A lot of stories say he actually didn't die. And when he left from um, Egypt and followed up the, you know, through France with Mary Magdalene, he ended up in Glastonbury. So there's all these stories of Mary Magdalene and Jesus being in Glastonbury as well. So all of this energy combined led me to deciding to just, just go all out and create a big event there. That's so cool. That yeah. is it. What are the dates for that? August 11th, 12th, and 13th. So okay. three days. Mm-hmm. Awesome, yep. awesome, awesome. So okay. Laura, flies in, Laura flies in on the 10th. She'll be there. We have we have 24 speakers. 12 of them are flying in from the U.S. just to be at this event. Wow. Yeah, what the rest of them are from England. Amazing group of people. That's, that's awesome. I love that you're doing that, and I love England. Mm -hmm. So more power to you. Thank Let's you. talk about the disclosure stuff. I mean, okay. I know you have some slides to show us. Yeah. Well, I'll start out by um, – because when – Whenever I think about this, it's just so much information. It's really challenging at times to even think about where to start, you know, because ultimately, like to give like a kind of a brief historical take on 
UFOs and UFO disclosure, it really started like the increase in UFO sightings that eventually led to what we now have in today's world really started in the late 1800s. That's when we started documenting actual UFO sightings. There was um, a UFO crash that occurred in Texas in the late 1800s and 1890s. And there was actually a newspaper article of an ETs being found and them being buried in Texas, right? And then from then we continued on to World War One, World War II, where we had the uptake and the increase of Foo Fighters because all of a sudden we're now in we're now actually using aircraft, we're fighting in you know in the air, and all of a sudden all these different sightings occurred. But I would say the huge milestone that I really want to start this out with was um, the upturn in UFO sightings that occurred in the 40s, including Roswell. And in 1945, two years before Roswell, the first crash, which was in San Antonio, New Mexico, which we actually went and interviewed the last um, survivor. He actually passed away recently. He was the last witness of that actual site in San Antonio, Mexico. And in that place that we went, we went and saw where the UFO crashed. There's a circle on the ground in the shape of a UFO and nothing grows in it. Only everything grows around it. To this day? day? To this day, yeah. We went and filmed it. Wow, yep. I did not and know that. He explained the insectoid beings he saw and everything. So Roswell was a misdirection. So Roswell probably did occur, but they, I think they wanted to put more energy on that because the San Antonio crash two years before was actually much more profound because of you know all the circumstances around it. So then we go into um, we go into the U.S. government creating different types of projects to research this, right? Researching UFOs, creating Project Blue Book, and a lot of these individuals that went into these programs, went in as skeptics. And there's a reason why they came out as believers, right? Like J. Allen Hynek, for example, he was the head of Project Blue Book. His son, Paul Hynek, he speaks on Portal to Ascension. It's not because his dad didn't believe and he believes. His dad continued the legacy because after going and trying to disprove this that what was happening, they ended up proving something was occurring. But what happened alongside this was it seemed that from the really beginning, it seems that from maybe from the 40s, they started getting crashes, uh, UFO crash, um, UFO um, crashes were occurring, and there were reverse engineering technology. Because what's coming out now is that it seems that anti gravity technology was mastered in October 1954. Yes. Okay? So if they mastered that type of technology back then, and we're like 60 to 70 years now into the future, imagine where they're at now. And a lot of people like Stephen Greer and other individuals are saying that there are hundreds of years in advancement of this technology. And even Michael Sala has done full-on presentations where he says that they're, they're so arrogant, basically, so entitled, that they've already created patents, U.S. patents, for this technology. And if you do a little research and go and look up the patent numbers, you can take a look at the technology that they use to reverse engineer it. You know? So they, they're creating... Um, so the... The question is, are they utilizing this in order to create some sort of monetary gain or are they utilizing it to to have maybe some sort of control over the world or a little bit of both? Right. Yeah, I think it's a little bit of both. And and I've heard it's even before that, that they've been doing the gravity stuff. So mm -hmm. who knows when and why it's being suppressed? I mean, I don't know if you watched the Jetsons when you were a kid. Yeah, um, I love that show. But we for sure thought that we would be flying in cars by 2020 and like here we are no move, no changes you know so it's yeah. very interesting my daughter and i were just talking about that the other day and i'm like you know why have we not evolved at all like there why are we still driving cars you know that technology exists 
for us to do that. You know, even even the way we utilize rockets to go to space, that's been around for 50, 60 years. It hasn't advanced. So there's like two, it seems to be two tracks of what's going on. Some, some sort of technology behind the behind closed doors, and then this linear progression of technology that we're we're being shown, right, right, I and agree. it gets to the point where um, you know people that consider themselves forward thinkers, uh, scientific thinkers, are following the linear progression of what's being told to them so much that if you question that reality, they start throwing things in your face like, well, extraterrestrials can't visit here because you can't break the speed barrier of light, right. So that and that gets into what I'm going to talk about in a bit here, because finally, this whistleblower that came out, David Grush, he actually had a seven hour long interview on News Nation. And this is what's occurred in the last couple of weeks. And on that, when they said, well, how are they visiting us? How they come to this planet? And he started saying, well, they, it seems that they're using quantum technology where they're bending space time and able to travel short distances in a period of moments, which yeah. is beautiful because all the other disclosure that's come out they a lot of the mainstream when they have skepticism about this and start doubting it one of the things that they say is that well i doubt it's possible because extraterrestrials would have to live for thousands of years to even visit earth yeah you know yeah yeah for sure well i'm excited to see this timeline that you have okay. i'm going to pull up pull it up right now so did you did you at all get to see the interview with David Grush or know anything about that? With who? With David Grush, the whistleblower that came out and spoke about the UFO crash retrieval team. That I came have out. not, no. So I'll share about that as I'm doing this. Sure. So um, basically, just to give everybody a little summary of why I'm here and why I wanted to talk about this, uh, just about two weeks ago now, News Nation, and I'll just show you, like I have an image of him right here. You can see my screen, right? Yes. Okay, so this guy right here. Um, Actually, maybe I should show the video. It's only like a minute long. Go for it. Will you be able to hear my audio or do I have to click something? Uh, I think you should be able to play it. Okay, let's try it. Let's try it again. Here we go. Last week, NASA held its first public meeting on UFOs, which, by the way, are now called officially uh, unidentified aerial phenomena. This is a year after launching a study into unexplained sightings. And now tonight, a worldwide TV exclusive you will only see right here on News Nation. Bombshell claims from a military whistleblower published just this morning, alleging a secret UFO retrieval program within the U.S. government. David Grush, an Air Force veteran, former member of that task force, and veteran of the National Geospatial Intelligence Agency, now formally blowing the whistle on secrets he says no one has ever shared publicly before. He is speaking one-on-one -on -one with investigative reporter Ross Coldhart reporting for News Nation. When you say crash retrieval, what do you mean? Uh, these are retrieving non-human origin uh, technical vehicles, you know, call it spacecraft if you will. Uh, it's probably not the right parlance, but uh, no kidding, non-human exotic origin vehicles that have either landed or crashed. We have spacecraft from another species. We do, yeah. How many? Quite a number. All right, tune into Vargas tonight at 6 p.m. Eastern, a worldwide TV exclusive you will only see on News Nation. Okay, yeah, that was just the little synopsis of it. If you go to News Nation and actually go to just, I mean, they're basically... They're not not mainstream, but they're not alternative either. They're just like one of the big, like almost mainstream channels on YouTube. 
And if you go to their video section and just type in UFOs, they'll be around every single day for the last week, they've released something, right? So, um, and you can go there and hear clips of the interviews, but the, the, the first um, article that came out, the first news release said, non-human intelligence spacecraft found. And then the next day, a bunch of other military whistleblowers came out and said that the US government has 12 crashes retrieved from um, from non-human origins in you know in the custody. And then other whistleblowers came out and said there's over 100. This all happened within a period of a few days. And as they were doing this, they started saying like, even they asked him a question, why are you calling non-human origin? Uh, aren't they, isn't this extraterrestrial? And they're saying, from our from our understanding and our um, um, understanding of this whole thing and the information we're receiving is that they're interdimensional, therefore they're beyond extraterrestrial. This is all coming out in the mainstream now, right? So I wanted to speak about this because a lot of people, it was interesting because I take time reading the comments on these videos as well, and especially from the mainstream, because you know it's a mainstream channel. 99.9% .9 of the people watching this channel aren't into this world. So I wanted to see what they're saying. And it's interesting because a lot of people, this guy, first of all, is one of the highest ranking US intelligence officers. And a lot of the people on here that were in the regular world, if you will, were actually like mind blown about it and started having talking about it and having questions about it. However, a lot of people in our world, like myself and others, were actually doubting it with full skepticism and saying like, you know, that they don't believe this, right? You know, there was people on both sides that believe both different things. So it was just interesting to note that the that a lot of people that weren't in this world were starting to accept it as a possible reality. And it's because many of those individuals wait for some information to be dripped from the top down rather than the grassroots movement. They don't want to hear someone that they consider a quack, someone that they consider new age or spiritual. But when it comes from somebody that they believe is credible, all of a sudden they start believing it. Now with this one, multiple mainstream outlets like the Washington Post, the New York Times, outlets that were actually taking this UFO uh, phenomenon since 2017 on and releasing a lot of things like the New York Times was the first one to release the three major videos that we have been seeing in circulation since 2017. When they started doing this, um, they actually stonewalled this, this um, actual story. They didn't want to take it on. So this gets into the discernment. So I'm going to go ahead and share the screen right here and talk about the timeline. And Sharnel, you know, feel free to cut me off because I'm kind of just going to keep going. But if you want to comment on it or um, make any, you know, comments, suggestions, let me know. Awesome. Sounds good. Okay. So when it when it comes to discernment of this topic, it seems that all of the videos that were released since 2017, we have the USS Nimitz incident, which was the main one released by Tom DeLonge from Blink-182 through his Twitter stream with NSA and CIA and NASA officials on his stream with him. That was when the finally people of the government, people that were intelligence officers, finally for the first time ever that weren't considered quacks by the mainstream came out and started saying like, hey, there's something going on anomalous in the skies and these things are doing things that we aren't even able to do they they're violating the laws of physics this isn't supposed to be possible but all of those videos as i'm going to show you in a second here um from my understanding and from many other people's understandings were actually reverse engineered craft and not actually extraterrestrial so the big difference between what ha was happening now and what has happened over the last six seven years is all the videos that the mainstream picked up upon 
all the people that came out on the mainstream, Lou Elizondo and more, were all speaking about craft that were actually shadow government craft that were reverse engineered. This is the first time ever anybody has come out and said that we're going beyond that. And this is the craft that they actually got the technology from. And in one of the interviews, David Grush, they ask him saying, well, did they find any bodies? And he goes, well, you would think that if you found crashed and intact craft, you're going to find bodies. And I need to, and uh, what I can tell you is that's exactly what they did. So he's even come out on these platforms now, and they're saying that they actually found bodies and this program has been going on for decades. Wow. Yeah. So, and here's the timeline now. So, of course, we have Roswell. I'm going to go over it pretty quickly. You can watch this back if you want to. Um, but we have Roswell occurred, right? And then soon after that, even though they said it was a weather balloon, which they keep using as if, like, we're so... I guess many people do believe it, right? And But three years later, for some reason, they went ahead and created Project Blue Book. And Project Blue Book went from 52 to 69. And in this project, the U.S. Air Force conducted investigations and UFO sightings. It collected and analyzed thousands of reports. And towards the end of Project Blue Book, first of all, a little disclaimer, the way it works is if any of these projects are successful, and they're so successful that they're uh, getting information that they don't want to share with the general public, they pretend to actually close the project down, but then it becomes something called SAP, Secret Access Project. And then they start using black budget money on these pro projects, such as, you know, the, I think it was $1 trillion the Pentagon was missing the day before 9-11, right? Mm -hmm. yeah. That kind of money gets redirected to these programs. So then we have 66 to 68, the Condon Committee, the University of Colorado conducted a scientific study funded by Air Force. Final report stated that the UFOs did not present a threat to national security and recommended termination of official investigations. So this is interesting here because they say recommended termination of official investigations. A lot of people read this and think that they ended official investigations. But what are two words that they have in there? This is discernment again. Recommendation and official. They recommended it. They never said that they closed it. And official means that they just got rid of what they're officially telling us, but it could be unofficially continuing, right? So it's like if, if they ever get to a point where people are, which is happening now, which is so amazing, is all these platforms on YouTube now are saying the government lied to us because of what's coming out with the whistleblowing that's happening. So these are the things that they do in their wording, and they release documents for decades so that when people come up to them and say, well, you lied to us, this is what's going on behind closed doors, they can say, well, actually, no, if you can see that we released this document, you just never took the time to look into it. Then we have another milestone, 2001. The Disclosure Project with Stephen Greer. A former emergency room physician organized a press conference called the Disclosure Project. Greer and other witnesses, including military personnel, claimed to have insider knowledge of UFOs and extraterrestrial visitations. So there was a good amount of things occurring, some sightings happening between the 70s and 2001, but this was a huge milestone that um, really inspired a lot of people to take on um, disclosure. And since 2001, it started ramping up many different investigators out there, Linda Moulton Howe, Grant Cameron, all invisible you can look up, Paula Harris, and Clifford Stone. Clifford Stone came out during this time. Uh, he lived in Roswell, and on my YouTube channel, Portal to Century YouTube channel, I just released an interview we had with him and Paula Harris just a few days ago. I released it. He's um, transitioned now, 
However, he was actually a part of the UFO crash retrieval team. So when this David Grush thing came out, my mind was blown because this is the first time ever that someone that wasn't just in my world of UFOs was actually validating and confirming Clifford Stone's cases that Clifford Stone, he was actually, during Vietnam, he was part of the UFO crash retrieval team and he was being deployed to Vietnam. They would put blindfolds on him yeah. and his whole team because they don't want you to know where you're going. They would yeah. have you parachute down, and then you would go down, and there would be a UFO there, and they would extract bodies and technology. Yeah, I, I've seen a lot of his work, and he talks about, you know, they 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 take the, they took the aliens, and you know, he he even tried to help with them and stuff like that. I mean, because they were like prisoners basically, and or I think one, wasn't one hurt or something, and um, yeah. Most anyway, likely. yeah, because. He had so many different cases that I don't even know them all, right? And but he he said that the U.S. government had a manual of the anatomy of 17 different extraterrestrial bodies and how to help them out if they're basically like bleeding out or something like that when they're found at these different sites. That's how 17. often the crashes were happening. I didn't What's know it was that many, but 17—that's yeah. a lot. Okay, yeah. interesting. When I was at his house, um, like seven eight years ago in Roswell, he um was showing me documents that had never been released before and he was putting them on CDs and just sending them all over the world to people to see. And basically a lot of these documents were declassified in 1995, like Project Stargate, the remote viewing program to Mars, right? Classified in 95, declassified. However, they were not put in, uh, they weren't digitized until around five, six years ago. So the only way to go it, to go and find it would be to go to New York, I mean, to Washington DC, go to the National Archives, and you would have to know the code names of the actual programs to be able to find it in the archives. That's how hard it was to retrieve this information. That's what Clifford Stone would do. He would go and attempt to look through all of this and basically get documentation to prove that he was actually a part of this. And those are some of the documents I saw. And then in 2017, all of a sudden, you know, there was a huge influx of documents coming out, WikiLeaks and beyond that. But all that stuff had been de declassified for 10 years. It's just that it was never put on the Internet. So when it was put on the Internet, that just gave us a whole new um, mind-blowing, really mind-blowing documents to look through. Like some of the things that you can look through and find out, like, are just like in, in amazingly just so profound. Like one of them is like a, a UFO crash in 1954. Well, it wasn't a crash. It was a landed UFO in upstate New York in 1954. And when the crash retrieval team was deployed there, this is an actual document. It's not even Clifford Stone. This was it's on the FBI's website. Type in FBI UFO and you'll find the list of all these documents. And when they would put their hand towards the UFO, there was hieroglyphs on it. And the hieroglyphs would shift into different hieroglyphs when you would put your hand closer to it. It's on their own website. Yeah. Yep. So then we have 2007, 2012. So in 2017, it was disclosed. This is this was the milestone, the big milestone, right? Um, this is when a lot of people were validated in the community. That from 2007 to 2012, it was revealed that the U.S. Department of Defense had been conducting a secret program called ATIP to study unidentified aerial phenomena, commonly known as UFOs. It was actually called OSWAP, right? and drip disclosure fully underway. So it was even a misdirection right here. They gave you a name that wasn't the actual name. That was like a slang name used by some of the people in the program. And the actual program was AAWSAP, 
because what did the Pentagon say right after ATIP got disclosed? We have no evidence that there's ever been a program where called ATIP in which we were just exploring UAPs. Well, yes, they didn't because it wasn't called ATIP, right? Another way of misdirecting you by basically um, doing a play on words. And now this is when it all started really amping up. So 2016, 2017. So the first thing that occurred was many of you may have realized that like this, for example, this presentation was called UFOs to UAPs. And the reason is that they shifted the name to UAPs in order to rebrand it. They spent so many decades ridiculing anything that had to do with UFOs in order to uh, misdirect the public and make them think that this was a joke so that they could hide this information from us that now that they wanted to come out with the truth, they needed to come up with a new name. And the day that this happened was the day Hillary Clinton was on Jimmy Kimmel. And you can find this on YouTube somewhere. And this is basically how it went down. She was on the Jimmy Kimmel show. And as some of you might know that she was actually trying to use UFOs and um, and um, disclosing Area 51 paper. She put some things out about that in order to get more votes from people that she, because she was trying to get votes from the alternative community as well. And she was on Jimmy Kimmel's show. First thing you got to realize is, and this is like, you don't have to dig too far in order to find this out, that every single presidential candidate or president that goes on to these talk show hosts that completely are co-opted by the agenda, like a completely like parrots to whatever um, agenda there is, are always know exactly what's going to be asked of them before they go on the show. They don't just go on there and just get asked random questions and, you know, and we get to see an authentic moment with them. They know what's going to be said. And it was so contrived that she sits down and he goes, so let me ask you this. I asked your husband this. I'm kind of paraphrasing that. Are you going to go in and take a look at the Area 51 documents to release whatever's there about UFOs? And then her response is, ah, 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 Jimmy, Jimmy, Jimmy. They're not called UFOs anymore. They're called UAPs, Unidentified Aerial Phenomena, right? And that was the beginning of the rebranding of UAPs. And then following that, we had the 2016 presidential campaign just a couple months later. WikiLeaks publishes a series of leaked emails from John Podesta, Edgar Mitchell, Barack Obama, Hillary Clinton, and some of them even said, the email said, I want to have a Skype meeting with you. This is Obama, Mitchell, and someone else. Um, I want to have a Skype meeting with you about the benevolent non-human intelligences in our solar system. Wow. Yeah. And the only individual that was going through this with a fine tooth comb was someone that we were having on our platform all the time at that point, which was Grant Cameron. He was the one spending hours and hours a day going through each of these emails and deciphering them and doing events on it. Interesting. Yeah. So a lot of mind-blowing things were occurring, but you know, people heard UFOs and things were coming out and didn't really dig deeper into reading the, the cases. And, you know, not to get political here, when it comes to Podesta and Hillary Clinton, you know, a lot of people, including myself, has some severe judgments with them. So just mentioning the names in regards to this disclosure movement already leaves a bad taste in a lot of people's mouth. They yeah. don't even want to really hear, hear about it, right? Yes. So then we have, this is all timed out, drip disclosure. This is, the, this is drip disclosure right here. 2017, Tom DeLonge, Blink-182 singer, 
in case you don't know why the Blink-182 singer was behind all of this, he happened to be into UFOs for quite some time. He'd wrote a book in which he thought the ETs were demons at one point. And since he had been into it for a long time, even in the 90s where he was like main mainstream Blink-182, um, he started having conversations with people that were in high places about this. And they decided to allow him to be the front man of this information coming out. And, you know, that's a whole conversation on its own, why they chose him. And I got to say that they, I think they believed that he was the perfect bridge from the younger community to the older community, mature enough, but also acts like a child enough to be able to be connected to millennials. They thought he would be a really good front man. But then what happened soon afterwards, after his live stream, is he went on Joe Rogan. On the, on the live stream that he did from his Twitter page with Lou Elizondo, we were introduced to Chris Mellon, all these government officials that are now going out talking about UAPs, what happened is that um, he went on Joe Rogan and after saying, we don't know what these things are on his actual live stream with these individuals, he got a little too excited and said to Joe Rogan, we do know what these are. These are government reverse technology. You can even see the show. He even had Joe Rogan pull up websites to show the craft that had anti-gravity on it on Joe Rogan's show. And then then I started, you know, I'm fast forwarding a little bit here. Like a couple of years ago, I was like, yo, what happened to Tom DeLong? And I looked up his Twitter feed and he had posted a Twitter feed about when he went on Joe Rogan, he said information that they didn't want him to say. And they took him down as the front man of this. Wow. Yeah. And they replaced him with Jeremy Corbell, who yeah. is pretty much a mirror copy, same age, same um, reach mature enough to be connected to these individuals and also like is tattooed up like a down-to-earth looking dude yeah. that can yeah. actually reach out to the younger people yeah right? yeah so then okay so we have the 2017 um when this is when the three videos were released the flir one the gimbal and the go fast these are the videos you see in circulation everywhere pre-2017 search ufo disclosure Stephen Gray is on the first page. I'm on like the fourth page and other bunch of people. Grant Cameron's on the second page. 2017 and beyond was also a shift when Google became even more a part of the agenda and completely started like fabricating searches and all this stuff. Now, all you'll see for hundreds of pages, CNN, MSNBC, because they this was the hijacking of UFO disclosure. And it was so interesting because the three videos that they released what are these? What are these? What are these? They already knew what they were. Mm -hmm. And they were they were the craft of the shadow government. And there was no not one conversation about um are if these are anomalous and they're not from this planet and they're not a foreign adversary, what's is this extraterrestrial? Is this interdimensional? They were just talking about the technology and how to utilize this technology to weaponize space. So here we go into another side note, discernment. The rule of thumb that I use in order to look at all this in this world is are they talking about it being a threat and creating weapons from it? Or are they talking about genuinely what, like looking at it from a more holistic perspective of what are these beings? Oh my God, we don't have any evidence that they've ever attacked us before. Wow, this has been happening for decades and not once have we actually been attacked. Maybe if they would have attacked us, then it would have happened a long time ago. Those are the two different tracks that are happening at this moment. There's those in power or who have been in power that are looking at it from that perspective saying, we have no evidence to suggest that these 
things are a threat and they're not from anything on earth and then they're those saying like well there's something in our sky and they're actually we're seeing them at military bases and things like that we need to see what we can do in order to protect ourselves wow 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 yeah. well yeah i mean this is a lot of information especially if you if you guys haven't looked into this i mean i love how you're presenting an actual timeline i know there's been a lot of um discrepancy about even dr greer and yeah. that whole thing where some people are like excited and some people think he's like deep state or whatever too mm -hmm. like, do you have any thoughts on that I, and i know we got to wrap up in a minute but what, what do you think yeah. about all that because he says all ets are like wonderful and amazing that there's no like dark side and you know as you know there's probably a little bit of both just like humans you know yeah. you know there's there's a little bit of both what do you think about all that yeah, so I mean, I I was the num I was Stephen Gray's live streamer for ten years up until last year, right? Oh, I didn't and, know that. Yeah, like all of his, he never even did an event online through live stream until I messaged him ten years ago and said, "Have you ever thought of live streaming your events?" Okay, so from my experience of him, is he is in um, he doesn't have good internet connection where he's at in Virginia. He's completely off the grid. He's really has an issue with technology, and if it wasn't for the support of volunteers his information wouldn't have gone out to mass public, right? And if it wasn't for me, like, honestly, what we did was exponentially bring his reach. He had that reach, but he wasn't putting it online and streaming it. We were getting 10 times more people online than he was having in person, right? So I was kind of looking at it from that perspective, seeing that if he was kind of co-opted, wouldn't he have more of a platform and more resources rather than these volunteers? Because I've met the volunteers, right? He goes through a lot of volunteers, actually, and he's always looking for people to support him. And the whole team and everybody are just regular people. I've met a lot of them, right? So that was the first thing that I kind of said, okay, maybe he wasn't, he isn't a part of any agenda. Now, when it comes to him thinking that they're all benevolent, his whole thing is that the beings that actually traverse space-time to get here, right, um, are such an advanced technology that you would have to have transcended a lot of traumas, a lot of, um, um, I don't know, a lot of uh, challenges in order to be able to arrive to this planet to do this. And um, a lot of the nefarious things that are going on and the UFO dogfights and things like that are actually happening from humans that are reverse engineering this technology. So I'm not saying that that's true or not true, but what I think is happening is that he is only connecting to beings that he belie believes are benevolent and he ha kind of has maybe tunnel vision in, That's his experience. in yeah. feeling his experience is the experience because we, now we're not even speaking about esoteric realities of interdimensional beings, archons, entities, um, you know, that also could be connected to this reality when it gets to that. I feel like he's going, even though he's very spiritual, I feel he leans more towards the linear aspect of it all. Whereas, you know, Laura Eisenhower, myself, and many other individuals get into more of a, what is going on with the cycles of time, what kind of energies have influ influenced us, what kind of beings have incarnated into human form and have control on our planet, mm -hmm. right? I don't think he really sees that world as much. Mm -hmm. So I don't think he has um, a negative agenda, but he it maybe is a little challenging to get along with at times. You know what I mean? And a lot of people maybe take that the wrong way. Um, so he actually did a press um, conference in DC two days after this disclosure happened, where he released and had all these whistleblowers come up and he released 150 
entrances to bases where they're doing reverse engineering and working on ET bodies and handed it over to Congress. And now Congress in a few weeks, I believe, are, is going to hold a hearing on the UFO crash retrievals and they're going to actually review this document that actually shows you the entrances and how to get to the places they're doing this. Because as he said, and the whistleblower said on this broadcast that they did online, is that they're committing some major human atrocities and crimes. They're killing people, they're trafficking people, they're doing so many things that are um, are affecting people's lives, livelihood, and completely even killing people that are within this world, that it's about time that it stops. So that's what he's pushing towards. So yeah, my answer is that I still don't know. You know, I truly don't really know because you don't really know anybody, right? Yeah, the, but, the stuff with genetics that they're doing, the cloning, yeah. like all, there's so much going on underground that... I really think some of the disclosure too with like the movies and the TV shows, like um, one of the Netflix things, uh, uh, 100 or whatever, as I was no. like, oh my God, this is real because I've seen some of this. And yeah. um, and then how they, I don't, have you seen that, that series? Yeah, yeah, I love that series actually. I've seen the whole thing. Yeah, so when they're underground and they would steal the people, but they would cause like this division up there yeah. And meanwhile, they're taking blood for everybody to keep right. eternal life down down there. Um, but yeah. they would try to make it like it was amongst them and pit each other against each other constantly to mm -hmm. keep the distraction. And then they were over here doing. There was just so much. I mean, it was. Um, there's a lot in that. A lot of Have you seen Stargate? The show Stargate. I, I, everyone keeps telling me to do that, but I it's haven't. The best, it's the biggest disclosure show ever. And, you know, one of the whistleblowers that came out in Greer's um, press conference last week spoke about Antarctica, and he's from Raytheon, a, a contract from Raytheon, and all i got to tell you is everything Michael Sala told you about, uh, us about Antarctica, all the things about the secret base down there, he literally said, Raytheon contractor, that South Pole, Antarctica, is operates as an air traffic control for spacecraft, and they have a directed energy weapon there that can create earthquakes. Yeah, I have heard that. I have heard that from several different sources. So Stargate, they have a base down in Antarctica that's doing the exact same thing. Wow. I didn't yeah. know that was in the movie, but yeah, yeah. I had no, heard that. Movie. I'm not talking about the movie. I'm talking about the shows. Wow. Because there was oh, a... The, the television show. Stargate okay. SG-1 was for 10 years. 10 years of shows. And then Stargate Atlantis was the next level of disclosure because it was about where Atlantis was and bringing it back. And there's even a race of beings called the Wraith that are reptilians in the show. It's like full on disclosure. Wow. Wow. Yeah. And then um, Jupiter rising and just a lot, but oh, yeah. 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 yeah they, they hide it in plain sight, right? Yeah. Well, they have to tell you, right? Because then mm -hmm. otherwise they have karmic um, re reactions, responses, and they don't want to have all that. They understand the laws. And so they're, they're putting yeah. it out there, even though it's like under the whole thing of like, this is fake and fun and cute and entertainment. And like, really, they're like, nope, for real, this is happening. So yeah, Exactly. Well, so. any, any final words that you have for us today? And I'm just, oh my gosh, thank you for this. This is super cool to just to mm -hmm. see it on in a presentation, but yeah. anything final before we go today? So I'll just say that when it comes to disclosure, like maybe five, six, seven, eight years ago or, and more, I was just so about like, when will they tell us? When will they tell us? I really put a lot of energy into maybe like I wanted the government to validate it so that my family, everybody else could really accept it. After years and years of being jaded and 
um, and completely losing faith in authority and political figures. Uh, at this point, um, I want to be excited about this, but there's also a reservation within me because I've been burnt so many times, right? Mm -hmm. um, ultimately, though, um, this is really important news because why is UFOs, I'll leave it with this, why is the UFO subject one of the largest and the most important subjects in the world? Well, it goes into every aspect of life and how we interact with each other and the planet, how we have the medical industry, for example, right? Cures for all types of sicknesses and diseases, the understanding of why we get sick and how to actually heal from it from a very advanced higher conscious level, the um, energy, how we can travel and how we can utilize space time, right? Religion, who are we? Where do we come from? How are we connected to? That's why this topic has been so controlled and drift at such a slow space is because it will literally shift the whole paradigm and the power structure in the world. So I recommend everybody looking into this, even though you might be in different parts of spirituality and wellness, but looking into this topic will only allow us to lead into a world where we have a better understanding of who we are and our place in the universe, right? So it's inevitable. We're going to have a post-disclosure world one day. And whether it's now or it's going to happen soon, I don't know. All I know is that we're making a lot of uh, we're making a lot of headway right now. A lot of big things are occurring. I agree. And then even with like Space Force coming out with, when yeah. um, Trump came, um, immediately, I don't know if you you probably noticed this, but immediately Netflix came out with like a TV show, Space Force, where they made mm -hmm. a mockery of it and they kind of just made fun of the whole thing, you yeah. know, just to make sure that no one actually took any of this seriously. So right. um, it's interesting because both sides were for it. It's not like when Biden went into office, they closed it down. It's still up there. They're, they want it to be up there. So they, you know, because whoever controls both sides wanted the Space Force to be released, no matter what. Well, there's there's a need for it, or, or why would they have all that? You know, it's just, but, right. but still, how much money are they actually getting? And how much is still going, like, underground to these, like, side black ops type of things that nobody knows about or talks about or... Yeah. If they do, you know, they don't really say much. But mm -hmm. anyway, where can people find you? Uh, I know you got your conference coming up, but please give. Uh, you, I'm going to have all the links, you guys, so you can connect with him and um, do all that. But uh, but just verbally, if you wouldn't mind telling us like how people mm -hmm. can find you. Sure. So you can find me at portaltoascension.org. That's the main website. And we just launched a new website. So they have we have a few thousand hours of content for free there. So you can go there, sign up. Um, and then you get an email with your access info. And um, we have a lot of events. We have two years of events already scheduled on our website. So go to our website, check out the upcoming events there, YouTube, Portal to Ascension. And then if you're interested in the conference in Glastonbury to like either tune in live in person or live stream, that's ascensionglastonbury.com. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for being with thank us today. Well. Thanks for reaching out and good luck with all your endeavors over there and everybody send him good vibes and on all of this and how he's orchestrated all this and organization and promotion and advertising and people and resources mm -hmm. and money and all of that. So he can continue doing what he's doing. And um, thank you. That. yes, yes. Thank you so much. And for those of you watching too, don't forget, swiftfire.org get on the newsletter or drshornell.com get on the newsletter that way you know about all these upcoming shows different conferences we're having different things that are going on biofeedback books resources all the things love you guys so much and we will see you next thursday at noon hope you have an amazing week make it beautiful and we just love you so much talk soon